Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. Thanks, Tim and Melissa. What a blessing they are to us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday morning to you all. Looking so good. And uh, wow, what's going to happen, eh? Uh, is anybody here um, dealing with any kind of concussion issues? Could you just, yeah, could you just stand up, please? Yeah, anybody else? Where? Yeah, just stand up. All right. Yep. You know what happens. Like, I don't know exactly what happens. The Lord wants to heal you right now. Is that it? Three? Okay. Okay, you ready? Four? Father? I thank you for your miracle touch on these lives. I thank you for your supernatural ability to, first of all, you made us, you remade us, and now, Father, you bring healing and wholeness to every part of our being. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we just command every part of these people to be made whole once again. Lord, we declare that these, all the neural pathways, Lord, are functioning perfectly. Any trauma, God, we just shake off and break off <clears throat> we go back to that place, Lord, where trauma took place, and we invite your powerful Holy Spirit to come now and renew and rebuild and restore anything. Lord, I thank you that you've come to give us life. The enemy came to steal consciousness, sleep, uh, clarity from this day forward. I declare cl- clarity and great rest. Lord, I declare that these brains would function exactly the way that you created them to. And Father, we thank you that this healing will be complete. It'll be total with no residual effects from any form of trauma in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Yep, gotcha. Gotcha. That's, those things are sort of, they're actually more important than our personal agendas. It's what the Holy Spirit really wants to do is really, really, really vital and um, we prayed, yeah, I think that's it. I have a whole bunch of stuff here that's, um, um, you know, biblical, but <laughs> there's, a, um, there's just really a sense of expectancy in my heart right now about these next few moments. So we're going to study the scriptures for a bit about the um, supernatural realm, about the realm of angels. And um, what I usually do at the end of sermon preparation is I'll say, so what? Because even though it's great information or it's biblical, so what? It has to, it has to help and apply and be worthwhile. And I think that we're in danger of, of two extremes. One is the trivial, trivialization of the angelic world. And the other is the fascination where we're only thinking about angels. And someone asked me this morning between services, how do I tell the difference between what, what, what Jesus wants to do and what an angel wants to do. And I said, well, angels, like we learned last week, they're, they're under a uh, specific authority, and um, they, they are not meant to be, they're like you and I. That's what Revelation chapter 19, when, when John was so taken by this angelic encounter, he started to worship the angels. He said, get up, what are you doing? I'm like you. I'm one of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a servant. That's all I am. And um, the beautiful thing about that is that um, I guess we share that in common, that we're servants, but th- that means that they are actually commanded by a, an authority. And um, so we're never meant to pray to angels, never meant to worship them, 
But I know what happens, the biggest angelic activity is in prayer and in worship. And so they're very present, but they're not meant to be ignored or overly become overly fascinated with them. So um, I just want to take us right now to a passage of Scripture that, that, that can, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, chapter 13 says that make sure you show hospitality because some of you have entertained angels and didn't know it. That's, that is cool. Um, the, the, um, the other thing about this is that, is that, that this was all created, and I don't know um, what you think about that, but, but the world that we see, the physical world, was created, and so was the, uh, the things that we can't see. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and on earth. All the stuff in heaven, there's three heavens, the atmospheric heaven, the solar system heaven, and then there's the other heaven where, where revelation is, um, where you see into this other dimension. He made the things that you can see and the things that you can't see. So things that you see, he created. Things that you can't see, he created. You know those things you can't see? You maybe don't because you can't see them. <laughs> but nevertheless, he, Christ created them. And it says that he made the things in heaven and earth. He made the things that we can see and can't. Kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authority. Do you know there's kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities that you can't see? That, to me, is very mind-expanding. And so, so when we look at the, the topic of angels, um, they're part of that, this other dimension that we can't see, but that's created. And um, so I think that, like last week we did the survey, and oh, by the way, this is another thing, I need to, say, I need to apologize for a very careless comment last week. Um, I mentioned about my archangel drinking vodka. That, that was too casual. I must have seen it someplace on Facebook or someplace, and it gets stu- got stuck in my system, and it's, it was, irrespect- it was uh, disrespectful. And it was inappropriate, and so I'm sorry for that. The, you and I will give account for idle words, words that were spoken carelessly. And I, therefore, we need to be careful about the things that we put in and meditate them. That's why when someone tells me a joke and it's not healthy, I go, I, I'm going to forget that right now. Just right now, I don't want that in the system. Because you want to keep the things pure and clean so that your speech can be pure and clean. And so... Anyway, chapter 12 of Hebrews, I just want to talk about these, uh, I call them, this, this message, Invisible Allies, and uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, verse 2, uh, many of you will know this by, off by heart, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, that word can mean visible or invisible, uh, we can be witnesses, physical beings are witnesses, uh, or invisible witnesses, uh, thus the angels. Uh, since we're surrounded by this great cr- crowd, one, one, one version says cloud, that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses um, to the life of faith. Let's strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Each one of us have a race set before us. You have a race that's set before you. My primary talk today is about destiny angels that are giving to you to assist you in fulfilling and finishing the race that God has created you to run. And, and our role is to let go of weights and sins. Some things are not sinful, but they're just weights. 
and they keep you from moving forward. So, so this passage reminds us that, that we have a race that we need to fulfill and that there's, there are visible and invisible witnesses to see that we fulfill that race. Last week we talked about the nature of angels and much more of what they're like today. I just want to talk about primarily um, that you are not alone and that you've been given angels to help you fulfill and finish that race. That's what I want to say. Uh, this should give you, when you leave today, you should feel confident and s- stronger because you've got an angelic presence around you to see that you fulfill your calling and your ministry. Last week, we talked about the word angelos, where we get, where we get angel from. In the book of Revelation alone, the word angel is used 77 times. Why is that important? I don't know. 77, that's a lot. It, it can mean literally messenger, servant, minister, or a flame. Now, that's interesting to me, that it can be a flame. Um, I don't know if you've ever been someplace and, you know, and all of a sudden you say, did I see like a, what was it, it felt like, like a meteorite or something. You just seen this little streak. What if, if has that ever happened to anybody? Seen a little flat? Yeah. yeah, a few people, right? You're not going crazy. I think that actually we get to, we peer across that little, that veil into the unseen world and it becomes visible again. Or like, or like uh, they're also called like messengers. It says that, that Satan dresses up and likes to go to church and he appears as an angel of light. That's interesting. I mean, it's a bit unnerving, actually, but it's interesting. Um, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 says, angels are only servants. They're spirits sent from God to care for those who will inherit salvation, who are an heir of salvation. If you and I have given your life to Christ, you've been commissioned, angels, to now support you and help you to fulfill your mission. Uh, I think that's encouraging. Are you encouraged with that thought? Good. Um, in Hebrews, uh, further on, it says that, or sorry, a little bit before that in chapter 1, it says that in verse 7, um, it says that God calls his angels, well, verse 6, and then he, when he's pre- presented his son, let, says, let all the angels worship, uh, all the angels of God worship him. That's, that's, beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I, don't, I was trying to think of in any place in Scripture I, I saw where God commands us to worship Him. Um, I think what it says in the book of John is that He actually doesn't ask for worship. He asks for worshipers. It looks for you and I who will have a heart. And the angels, they do that. They're worshipers. And of course, Revelation 4 and verse 5 talks about this, the, the celebration in heaven and these angel worship leaders. God calls His angels, angels messengers swift as the wind. And servants, made of, and servants made of flaming fire. What an interesting title for angels. Um, uh, uh, the word flame, and oh, sorry, Psalm 104, and verse 4, it says, He makes his angels spirits, his ministers of flaming fire. That can mean both physical and not physical. I would like to think I'm a minister of fire, kind of, you know, just, and swift as a wind. I'd like to think of myself that way. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, the living beings darted to, the living beings, they darted to and fro, fro like flashes of lightning. Angel, and the picture we saw last week, like flashes of lightning. Um, I think that's remarkable that God can send an angel when we need them in like at, at least 186,000 miles per second, at least at the speed of light. And, and he can be there instantly, 
And I had a little discussion last week about angels, can they be male or female? And uh, I'll leave that to you to discuss with your, whoever you discuss stuff with. Um, and they're sent, they're sent, he says they're sent, which is the word apostello, to set apart, set at liberty, to send out on a mission from one place, for, from, from one place, for business or for employment. Angels, they are attracted to places and regions that help do business and fulfill the missions that God has placed for us. In, so, in Revelation chapter 2, it says that there, are, there, there was an angel over a specific region, over the church, these different churches, and they're different regions. And so we're, we're, one of the titles that's used in Ezekiel is princes. One of, one of the words to describe an angel, the, the, this battle that was taking place, and Michael, uh, one of the warring angels, somehow he's like, I, I see him as super ripped. He was one of the, the like, chiseled, he would look like a, you know, <laughs> just work with it. Um, and, um, and he shows up and he says, but I, I tried to get there because, because there were some prayers being offered. I tried to get there, but the Prince of Persia kept me back. He was a, he was a which was a regional uh, territorial spirit of some kind, and he said that he was warring for that region. When you and I gather on a Monday night, we war for regions. Calgary is a region, and we war for it. It's got specific parameters, and, and I think that, and, and I do this all the time when I leave, I, uh, I pray over our home, it's my region. And I ask, I'm going on holidays, but angels, you, take over. Uh, my mom used to say, I said, she used to say, you know, drive safe, and I said, well, don't I have angels? She says, yeah, but they jump out when you break the speed limit. <laughs> she said that, mom. Um, but it's interesting. I don't. My the, the one instance that we that I, that I think of is that how they appear, um, and and we're told many times they they appear in a glorified state, and when people see them, they're frightened, uh, which is the case of um, for many that when when angels appear, they they are in a glorified state. My um, in Nippon when when I was uh, right after. It was right during the Nippon revival as it was taking place that, um, that my pastor was told by a, a, a regional, a, a local warlock, that he didn't like what he was doing, preaching the gospel, and he was going to come and burn the house down, his house down. And uh, so we gathered for a prayer meeting that night and gathered and prayed. And the next day he got a call and said, um, he said to my pastor, he said, well, you're such a chicken um, that you gathered your entire congregation to dress in white hold hands and circle your house. And he said, no, we had a prayer meeting and went to sleep. But that's what was seen. So, you know, the, the, um, I don't know if you've read Daniel chapter 10 before or not, but something remarkable happened um, to him. He says in, in chapter 10, he said, I, Daniel, I, so this guy appears. He's, uh, it was, it was um, all this time I hadn't eaten much, hadn't any, had eaten any rich food, drank no wine. He said, you know, he, he was, or hadn't used any fragrant oils. I don't know the, what oils you would, but anyway, I, oil, essential oils are good for us all. Um, as I was standing beside the great river, I looked and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a pure gold, uh, with a belt of pure gold around his waist. And his body looked like a dazzling gem, right? So sometimes they can show up looking like dazzling gems. His eyes were like flaming torches. So it sounds like Jesus a little bit from Revelation. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. That's me in July. Um, and, and his voice was like the roar of a vast multitude of people. He's trying to describe an experience, a spiritual experience in, in physical words. 
And he's kind of running out of vocabulary. And then he said, I was the only one who saw the vision. The man with me saw nothing. Now, isn't that interesting? That he, said, he said, this really took place, but the people with me didn't see it. So this is pretty personal, that he, they can appear to be seen by specific people. And he says, um, and he says the men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. <laughs> How, isn't that remarkable? I don't know, you shouldn't speed read when you come to a place like that. You go, holy cow, did that really happen? He said, yeah, you, you, so I can, one of you may have a, an encounter and somebody else may not see it, but the chances are they actually might feel something. I think that's cool. During worship, I had a couple of shivers go through me. I said, Jesus, plug me in. Whoever, who's ever hugging me right now, let that, I want more of that. When Jesus was in a, having a battle, you know, with the enemy, the angels came and they ministered to him. And Elijah, the same thing. When he was going through a depression, he went hanging out in his man cave, quite literally. And um, an angel came along with some angel food. Thank you. Some angel food. And, and he was nourished, it says, and he got up and he went for 40 days on that angel food. Wouldn't it be cool for an angel to cook you a meal? I think, I think... Right? This is different than the fluffy white stuff. This is like, I don't know what it's like. Never had any of that stuff. Um, so anyway, um, I, th I think that's phenomenal. But the, the, the primary point here that I'm kind of trying to make is that angels are appointed for protection. And in, in right, from the garden, uh, right from the garden, chapter 3 of, of Genesis, he says that I don't want people going back to the tree because now they're in a sinful condition and live forever sinfully. I need to bring a redeemer for them. I'm going to put a cherub, a winged one, with a revolving sword, flaming sword, like, like, I don't even know how that would work. But there's an angel at, by Eden, wherever that is, somewhere around, you know, the Middle East there. There's, still, there's, an, there's a cherub posted there, not a chubby naked one, but like a massive one holding a, a flaming sword. I mean, I'd wet myself if I seen something like that. I think I would. But there's, that, that's what, so that is one, one type of angel, a cherub, a, a winged angelic being, it says in the New Living. Um, these things are real, and they're for your protection and to fulfill, fulfill God's purpose. Um, angels abounding. Angels confirm God's presence. And all through the life of Jesus, if Jesus had angels, you now who are in Christ, you've got similar type angelic invisible allies for you and for me to fulfill his mission. Jesus needed angels to fulfill his mission. When he was born, most of you will remember the story that Gabe shows up and says, you, Mary, this is what you're going to do? She said, gosh, how am I going to do that? And he said, this is your purpose, and I'm going to see to it that you fulfill your purpose. And he then, that the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. Some think that Gabriel was, is, uh, he's the assistant of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. And, and Michael's the assistant of the Father, and Lucifer was the assistant of Jesus. I don't know. doesn't really say that. It's a bit of conjecture, I think, but I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. Um, he, and, he was, and, then, and then what happened after, and it says that when, and then when Christ was born, it says that the, the angels showed up for the shepherds. You know, the, you know you, right? Angels we have heard on all, you know. And... Um, and then, and, and then it says they appeared with, uh, and it says, with a great host of heaven. A host was a heck of a lot. Lots and lots and lots of, at his, at his coming. So at his second coming, I just want to remind you, there's going to be every bit and probably more. It says in Thessalonians, actually, that. It says that 
Um, in chapter 1 of our, 2 Thessalonians 1 of verse 7, it says, God's going to give you rest. And it says, when, he, when the Lord appears from heaven, he will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire. I just, it's just, I mean, I don't know if that has any bearing on, you know, how life is going for you. But I just think that, that when the Lord comes back and he, he's coming with angels. Well, and, and, there, and there's angels around now. The other thing is what happened is that Joseph actually, uh, an angel appeared in a dream for him and directed him. You could have a directional dream from an angel. And, and it could be accurate. I'm, are you open to angels in dreams directing you? I'm a bit iffy on it. I would like Jesus himself to appear to me, but... Or, or an angelic visitation, but in a dream, ah, it's getting a little bit sketchy. And then, and then after he's born, of course, and then there's all the angel activity when he's born. And then later, an angel comes to him again and says, get out of Dodge because Herod's going to go nuts and, and start a little genocide for the kids. And so he, he's led then to Egypt by an angel in a dream. And then while he's there, an angel appears to him in a dream again and says, okay, it's fine. It's, you're safe to go back. The angel was protecting the destiny of Messiah, as well as the whole family. He's, he was sent to protect and to guide, like angels do, protect and guide you and or whoever to their, their calling and their divine purpose. This is wonderful for me to see. Jesus, during, in his lifetime, he would have angels attend to him. After that little skirmish in the desert, it says angels came and ministered to him. How did they do that? I don't know. That's all it says. I'm assuming bringing some food and water, I'm, I don't, but I don't know strengthening him. Later on in the garden, he was strengthened. Later on at his, at his um, resurrection, it says that there was a couple of big boys in blazing white that are uh, sitting on the stone at the resurrection. They were, like, they were like showing up everywhere. And then in Acts chapter 1, when he's about to ascend, it says suddenly, let me read it to you, two white-robed men suddenly stood there among them. It's like out of nowhere. This is so cool. This is way better than science fiction. This is real. It's Bible. I want to see a couple of these guys doing that. Like, but usually it's, there's, there's really specific times that they show up for, it, like angelic appearances at angelic events. Um, I'm not going to read the Genesis 18 and 19 because it seems like it's, um, it doesn't apply, but, but I had it in my notes, and I just think it's amazing how it says in chapter 18, right at the beginning, it says, and the Lord appeared to Abraham. The Lord appeared again to Abraham while he was out camping, and suddenly he noticed three men standing there. How does that work when the Lord appears and there's three men? This actually creates more questions than answers for me. I don't know, but it's the book. Was it Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I don't know. I mean, who, I mean, who's looking after the throne room? I mean, someone needs to be back home looking after things. I don't know, but it says that the two guys that went on later then, and Abraham then begins to intercede. And this is a powerful thing about during intercession, how God releases angels. And he began to intercede on behalf of his cousin Lot. And it says that Lot is spared. It's like, it's just some of the weirdest stuff happened in chapter 19 where the men of town wanted to sodomize the angels, which is where, the name, where Sodom and Gomorrah come. I don't need to tell you that. But it's like weird that angels and people could, you know, whoa. But, I mean... Have a read. Tell me what you think. Um, but I, wanna, I, want, I wanna just come into this last portion in Matthew chapter 18 about guardian angels. And um, 
And I, I've wondered about this, but some people ask me if I believe in guardian angels. It's actually in the Catholic Catechism. Um, and I just have to say that I believe, I be, I'm a believer. But when they come, what they do, I'm not specifically sure. Do, do, do they come, are they commissioned at conception, at birth, at baptism? You know, I don't, I don't know. It, actually, the Bible doesn't quite tell us that. It has lots of different names for angels. Um, you know, in, in Revelation chapter 5 there, it, says, it talks about strong angels, um, holy ones. It, it talks different names, but it doesn't actually share the accurate hierarchy. So all I have to say is there's lots of different types, but I don't know how they all work. I know that sometimes that because they function by their own will, they can get out of line. I know that. But guardian angels, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10. Um, this has been a, a bit of an unusual passage for me, but it's kind of hard uh, to overlook, and I find it somewhat comforting. It says that beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. He's referring to children. For I tell you that in heaven they're angels. That's plural. What if it's not a guardian angel, but guardian angels? What do you think? You guys believe? I'm just, re I'm just like, are you believers? Like, this is something. What happens... What, what would happen? And then it says, then their angels have constant access to my Father. I just think that's so cool. Uh, someone told me between services about a specific instance. Oh, it's actually an instance that took place two nights ago. Can I tell that, Cindy? Kind of. It's a, a couple nights ago, um, there, the, uh, one of the cousins was, had a dream of someone in a car accident being killed, and her and her husband woke up and started to intercede. Uh, this morning, they were in a car accident, but they were fine. But there's, you know, and it, you just wonder, like, what the heck? How'd that all work? The angels, they were not sloughing off. They were, they're, they're on it. And it was like, it was like, it's like many times you'll, you'll, you'll hear this about these angels. They said, no, here's what you're going to do. They're coming to see that you don't get distracted. King, King Darius was, said, Daniel, has your God saved you? He says, no, no, he sent his angels to close the mouths of a lion. Why? Because Daniel's work was not finished yet, and no lion was going to distract him or keep him from fulfilling his call or his destiny on earth. No lion, no demon, nothing can stop if we, if we are aware that this should give us great comfort. And so anyway, he, he, um, destiny angels, it's hard to overlook. But, but I personally believe that things don't happen without interdependence, that we need others to help, we need other help. That our destiny, Pastor Phil would say that 90% of your destiny is held in, with other, in other people's hands. And I think that's amazing. And I would say that there's a percentage of our destiny is held in the hands of the angelic realm. And they know. I'm, I, I love Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 where it says that God appoints our time and our place. Um, Kelly has often said how she would have liked to have been lived in the Victorian era. Which is it's just, it's just sort of a part, you know, it's, it's a form of spiritual rebellion of not being okay with being born in the place that God's appointed you. But it's okay to dream. I would have kind of liked to have been a cowboy. <laughs> um, but here's, here's the thing. You, were born, you weren't born then, you were born now. Because God appointed a time and a place. He appointed your place. And you need to be thankful for his place, that he's placed you. Um, um, it says... Um, I, would even, I wouldn't even have minded the Viking era. I think that would have been okay. As a side, side note. 
Uh, Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, and you all should memorize this because I think it's wonderful. He says, before you, there is even one of your days, before there's one, he wrote your days in a book. This is, this is encouraging to me. I'd, I'd like to get my hands on that book. I, I, I think I'd like to read that to you. I feel like some of you are not sure if I, that's really there. Psalm 139, says, it says this, it says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Where in, in, and, 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 and you moms that carry, or carry these ch- the children, while that's not happening, God, it says that he's knitting you together in that womb. The, the miracle of life. And, 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 if he, he, and you're that precious and you're that treasured. You think he's not going to have all that you need to fulfill your life and calling on earth. And he says, and it, as, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, it's a bit creepy, like you're just like looking on the inside. And he saw me before I was born. How does that work? Ah, he's God. And it said, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That gives me incredible comfort to know that somewhere, at some time, the, 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 the ancient of days sat down and got a notepad out. And he said, I need, let me say, a lorn. I need a gourd. I'll just wait. No, it, he should have, no, he needs this. We're, he needs that math gene. No, I should rub that out. He, he, knew, he knew your exact, your, before you, there was even one of your days. I just feel this is such an anointed word, this. The rest was just fluff. That before there was any one of your days, he knew every moment. And he said, I want to make sure that comes to pass. I'm going to send along these, one of these, some of these big boys to make sure that they don't miss it. Oh, yeah, we might go a bit goofy and get off the track sometime. But don't ever think, moms, that those angels aren't still watching and hearing and getting those kids where they need to get to. Before there was one day, um, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels are, have constant access to my Father. Uh, I don't think that you ever lose your angels. I just don't think you can. It doesn't say it in the scripture. But I believe it reveals that you can limit their activity in your life through passivity, ignorance, disobedience, and negative words. I th- it, it seems to me like there's a, a briefing room in heaven after the book gets written. And he sees your life and he sees, I want you to have a, oh, oh, and then they're going to meet them and oh. And after he writes the book, then now he calls in his ministering servants and said, I want you to read what I've just written. Now go bring it to pass. I don't know if it works exactly like that, but it works something like that. One of my favorite passages, my favorite words in the, uh, in the New Testament is... Um, it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. It says that we were saved and called according to his purpose. The Greek word is prothesis. Pro beforehand, and thesis, a written report. 
that, that there was a written report about you and I. And we're saved and called according to that, his purpose. And um, you, look, you, look at the life, you look at the life of, of Zach, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and she says, you know, she, her, her, her prayers go up, I'm barren, I'm barren, I'm barren. And the angel goes, no, 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 that's not in your book, barrenness. If it's not in your book, why don't you agree with me to bring that to pass? Barrenness is not in your book. If you've got a desire for children, barrenness is not in your book. If, you, if there's a desire in your heart for kids, the way that this, this thinking about keeping our heads in a in concussion, concussion living with, in the, within the limitation of concussion is not written in your books. He came that you might have a whole life, but there's one who tries to steal life. And we just declared hands off. They will fulfill their purpose. Daniel would, would say that we have a struggle, that we have a battle, that we fight, and it's not against flesh and blood. Well, if it's not against flesh and blood, who's it against? Our biggest battle is invisible. I want to, I want to, I, I got to go jump into my bathing suit and do a baptism. But I want to do something else first. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it has to do with some destiny for people. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.